This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our second Football Friday podcast as we get ready for week two in the National Football League. And before you blink, and I've said this having now worked on NFL programs for over 40 years, nothing moves like the NFL season does. I, you know the fall moves quickly anyway, but it's week two. Next thing you know, it'll be week eight. Next thing you know, it's week 12. You don't know where the season went. It goes so fast. So we get ready for week two, and it opened last night with Kansas City's 27-24 win over the Chargers. The best thing you can say about that game from a Chargers standpoint is after the game, they said that Herbert took a couple of nasty shots, was okay. Uh, They were worried about a rib injury. He's okay. Uh, He'll get a little time off now. Uh, Kansas City has a tough schedule coming up. They go to Indianapolis in week three. They play Tampa Bay in primetime in week four. Uh, but they're two and zero right now. Didn't look great last night. Had a lot of problem with San Diego. With I keep calling them San Diego. Had a lot of problem with Chargers pressure. Um, their offensive line looked a little shaky, but Mahomes has plenty of weapons. He hasn't even hooked up with Valdez Scantling yet on anything big. Um, that'll come. Uh, he's got plenty of weapons, and Kansas City knows how to close and win games. That's the thing. They are the along with Tampa Bay right now, they're the team in this league that knows how to win games. A big part of it's Andy Reid, just like a big part of it's Tom Brady in in Tampa. But these teams know how to close games out. And Kansas City did that last night in a game where they were down 17-7, came back, uh, got up 10, and then gave up the late touchdown uh, and held on with the onside kick and went on to a win to go to 2-0 on the season 2 and 0 and a nice break in the schedule is the way you want to start the season uh in no sport and we talked about we've talked about this forever but the overreaction to week 1 in the NFL is enormous and I can't remember a year where there was a bigger reaction but this year some of it was well founded Dallas's season was completely shattered in the last 2 weeks their offensive line is just destroyed with injuries. It was going to be shaky to begin with, with personnel, and it's been destroyed by injuries. And now they get the injury to Dak Prescott, and before the Cowboys blink, they could be out of it. I mean, that's just the way a season can go when you open up that way. Uh, And the Cowboys, who were considered co-favorites in that division, now are looking at a maybe a dismal season, and McCarthy is going to have a hard time keeping his job in Dallas because I'm telling you, Sean Payton has coveted the Cowboys. The Cowboys have coveted Sean Payton. Uh, Sean has family in Dallas. Uh, he loves Dallas. And I will be very surprised if the Cowboys have the rotten year that it looks like they're headed towards. I would be very surprised if Sean Payton is not the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Very surprised. Talk about guys on the hot seat. 
here in New York, Sal is clearly on the hot seat, and he's making it hotter by his comments. He backed off and tried to cushion them by Wednesday. But if you're going to lose and you're going to look like you can't get a grip on your team, cutting out its mistakes, getting things straightened away despite having better personnel than you had last year, if you can't do that and then you're going to challenge the media and be defiant, you are going to get a fast ticket out of this town. It can happen, and it has happened plenty of times. That is not the road he wants to take. He tried to cushion it and soften it during the midweek period. He did a little bit, but he needs some wins in a hurry. Otherwise, the heat is going to be turned up on him enormously. Same thing for Rule in Carolina. The owner there is not going to sit and wait. There was talk of Rule being in trouble before the season started. They lose a brutal game to the Browns. And now they come to New York to play the Giants. And if they open 0-2, there's going to be a lot of heat on Rule in Carolina, an enormous amount of heat. Hackett's taking heat for the way he coached the end of the game in Seattle. I mean, Denver moved the ball up and down the field. They... But the coaches staff also got some rough breaks. Denver was the first team in years to have two guys fumble inside the five-yard line going in for touchdowns. Two different times. They fumbled away 14 points that way. They gave away at least 21 points in that game. They moved the ball up and down the field the entire game and came away with a defeat after they missed the 64-yard field goal. Um, they get a chance to bounce back quickly, and they need to bounce back quickly, or there'll be a lot of hot, a lot of heat because when they got Russell Wilson, a lot was expected in Denver this year. On the other side, you have the guys who had as good a week one as you can have. Everyone loves them. And there's euphoria that will get crazy if they win in week two. Put the Giants at that list, put the Bears on that list, put Minnesota and Kevin O'Connell on that list, put Miami with McDaniel on that list. They opened up, the Dolphins beat the Pats and did it soundly. Minnesota beat the Packers and did it soundly. The Giants come from behind and withstand the missed field goal uh, and a bunch of Tennessee mistakes after getting back behind 13-zip at the half and come back and roar back behind Barkley and win that game. Dable right now, one game away. If he wins this game, and this is winning a winnable game, winning a game at home that you're supposed to win, and opens this season 2-0, boy, he is going to be the toast of the town, and it could be a magic carpet ride first season if they can get to 2-0 or 3-0 on this campaign. So this is an interesting week number two against the Carolina team that could exploit has the people to exploit some of the giant weaknesses. So beware, that game might not be as easy as a lot of people think it is. Carolina's just not going to come in here and lay down because the coach is under a lot of pressure, and they do have some weapons. So week number two, already storylines developing in a lot of cities. You expect that. It opens on Thursday night with a... Good game. Let me say this about Amazon and Prime. I have no problem watching the NFL on any platform. I don't care where it is. Okay, I'm going to watch it. But if you're going to play in the big leagues, Amazon, you cannot 
put forth a quality of a video. Now, maybe it was my system more than somebody else's. Sure, it wasn't my TV. I know that. But the picture, I don't know if a lot of people had the same problem, but the picture quality was not good at a lot of the time in that game. There was a lot of times where the picture was extremely grainy and fuzzy, and that's not what you're used to in the NFL. That has got to be improved right away. All right, week two games. Here we go. Here's the schedule. The Giants and Carolina at, at Giants Stadium as the Giants have their home opener off that big win. As we said, Dable's been the toast of the town in week number one. Giants overcame a deficit. Barkley looked like Barkley. Daniel Jones had his moments and his mistakes, which is basically sums up his career. Giants have issues on that offensive line. They have issues at linebacker. They have issues in their secondary. Beware, they can give up a lot of big plays. Carolina got behind, took the lead. I thought their biggest mistake in week one against Cleveland was they had a chance and they had plenty of time and they were in deep enough in territory to not play for a field goal. You cannot play in the NFL to take a one or two point lead into the final minute. More times than not, and I watch every game, more times than not, the other team will get down the field and get the field goal attempt. I'm saying it seems like 80% of the time they get down there. They might miss the field goal, and in week one, there was a lot of field goals missed. Tennessee lost the game missing a field goal. Denver lost the game missing a field goal. Cincinnati had an extra point block and missed a field goal. Pittsburgh missed a field goal, came back and made another field goal. You had field goals missed in big spots all over the league. But they should have played for a touchdown. They had them reeling. They had Cleveland reeling. They could have put the game away there, and they didn't, and it came back to bite them as they got hit with a 58-yard field goal to lose the game to Cleveland in week number one. They... The coach is under extreme pressure there right now. If they get off to a bad start, I do not think he'll last the season. Washington and Detroit. Detroit could not handle the Philly offense. They came back and made the, the game respectable with a backdoor cover. That's all it was, was a backdoor cover. Philly had a big lead. And uh, they did not play good defense either, but they had plenty of offense in the game. Washington comes in. Again, off a win against Jacksonville. Jacksonville actually came back and took the lead in that game. They couldn't hold it. Washington made plays. Wentz made plays. Uh, Now Washington at Detroit. Detroit has a lot of injuries, and they do not look good in the secondary at all. Uh, Their coverages were really terrible in this game. That's going to be a problem against Washington, which has a lot of weapons. This will be the first time the Lions will be favored in a game in 20 Five games, the longest stretch in the history of the NFL. They have not been a favorite. They will be a favorite in this game, and they have not been favored in a game in 25 games. Uh, But look for another shootout in this game, as I don't think either team's going to slow up the other one, and Detroit's got a lot of injuries uh, uh, in that secondary and some uh, people missing and uh, could be banged up at running back, too. So uh, beware of the Lions having a lot of injuries. Tampa was impressive defensively, but the Cowboys had no offensive line and obviously the injury to Dak. Uh, but they won the game. Now they go to New Orleans where they have a lot of trouble. New Orleans 
came from behind, squeaked out the game against the Falcons. Falcons moved the ball on this New Orleans team. Uh, they have injuries, New Orleans does, throughout the lineup. They have injuries at key spots like running back. This game figures to be close. They play wild games. Like we said, Tampa has a lot of trouble against the Saints. We know that. We'll see if they can squeak out a game in what should be a very competitive uh, game in New Orleans. Both teams 1-0 already. The Pats looked miserable in week one. They did not look good. People are wondering about who's going to run the offense and how well it's going to be run. The offensive line did not look good. They did not look good on defense. Now they go to play the Steelers, who got hit hard. They played brilliantly defensively in that game, four seven sacks, four turnovers, but they already lost Watt. Harris got a bad foot. Jones is okay for the uh, Pats. Uh, Steelers will have tr- they, they should do well defensively in this game, but they're going even without Watt. They got a good, solid defense, but they're going to have trouble moving the ball. This is probably going to be a game where special teams or a big mistakes going to decide this game, probably in a low-scoring fashion. Indy was extremely disappointing. Missed the field goal again after making the big comeback. Went down big to Houston, came back. Colts never win opening week. They didn't win again on opening week, but they didn't lose on opening week. The game was a tie. Um, so the Colts get a tie in week one, which is a step in the right direction. Jacksonville has given them fits. They have been embarrassed by Jacksonville. They should be able to go to Jacksonville and win this week. If they don't, you know what? It's not the start that everyone had hoped for with the Colts. Jacksonville was definitely improved. But Etienne, as an example, had a big fumble, had a drop going in wide open. Two t- I know people are getting on Lawrence for throwing a late pick when he should have uh, thrown the ball away or eaten it. He has got to pick that up and do better in that regard, I agree. But he had at least two touchdown passes in the end zone dropped. Etienne dropped one walking into the end zone. He had another one dropped in the end zone. He had a big fumble for Etienne. They moved the ball pretty well. They're an improved team. Jacksonville are going to win games this year. Miami was impressive against the Pats. They go to Baltimore. The Ravens didn't run the ball like they usually do, but they made big plays against the Jets. They also put a lot of pressure on the Jets uh, with their defense. Uh, another very competitive game. Miami's got weapons, no question. Uh, Tua targeted Hill, you know, over 10 times in the game. Hill's going to be there and do that. We'll see right now for week number one, it was a good win against the Pats. Now a very competitive game number two as they go to take on uh, the Ravens. Atlanta lost the heartbreaker. Now they go and take on the Rams, who were embarrassed and have had plenty of time off. As a matter of fact, the Rams have had more time off between games one and two than any team uh, in the history of the league, I believe, in between weeks one and two. And they should be a different team here in week number two. Uh, Atlanta's got some offense, no question. And Pitts is a very hard, very hard cover. But... um, and Mariota did some decent things in week number one. But this is one way it's going to be it's hard for the Falcons uh, and the Rams need to win in the worst way. Same for Seattle. Seattle gets out of there with a win. It was a very big win for Pete Carroll. They lost Adams for the season. 
And they didn't have a lot of big-time quality players left. They have a couple. Geno Smith did a very good job in week number one. Now they go on the road to take on San Francisco. Trey Lance was awful, but it was played in a driving windstorm, uh, a driving rainstorm in the second half. San Francisco blew a 10-0 lead. They actually should have been up more than that because Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel fumbled going in in the first half for a touchdown. They were up 10-0 and then let the game get away from them and made big mistakes and gave up big plays. Um, terrible loss for the Niners who need to bounce back here against Seattle, and you would think they would. Since he gave up seven sacks, turned the ball over four times, and still should have won the game against the Steelers. If they hadn't had an extra point blocked, if they hadn't missed the field goal, they would have won the game. They lost it. They go to Dallas. Dallas is an absolute mess. Let's be honest. Losing Dak, no offensive line, couldn't move the ball after the first drive against Tampa. Uh, it be a very long season. Since he has to be unhappy with how his offensive line played in this game, but they have a ton of weapons. They have a core team that we know, led by Burrow, which is going to win games. And there's only one way you can go in this game, and that is Cincinnati. Uh, Houston was highly competitive in week one, as they've been in the past. Uh, Lovey played for the tie, but it was the right move because there was nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. There wasn't enough time. It was a long fourth down conversion. It made sense to get rid of the ball and, and, and just take the tie. Um, they were lucky they didn't lose because the Colts had a, you know, a field goal they should have made in overtime. Uh, Denver, again, lost as the 64-yard field goal fell short. It was 64 yards. Um, Denver moved the ball all day. The Colts moved the ball all day on Houston. I think Denver, with its weapons, with Russell Wilson, they hold on to the ball, iron out week one mistakes, and this should be a game they should uh, have no problems in, in week number two. Arizona was awful against Kansas City. Raiders showed some promise in a tight loss to the Chargers. Um, Could be a rough start for Arizona. A lot of guys banged up right now, don't have their weapons on offense, don't have their receivers. Um, showed some real holes throughout the lineup. Played Kansas City in a way that made no sense. And we're just absolutely uh, just torn apart in that game. Uh, you would expect the Raiders to put up a good showing in week number two. Chicago, Green Bay. Everywhere you hear in people, oh, take the points with the Bears, take the point with the Bears. Beware of one thing here. Rodgers bounces back after bad performances. First of all, he owns the Bears. If you know Green Bay, you know he owns the Bears. Secondly, he owns prime time. Third, after a loss in his last nine times he's played the Bears after a loss, Rodgers is 9-0 and against the spread. They're heavy favorites, more than they should be with a team that has still got problems on the offensive line, although they may get both guys back on the offensive line. They both practiced this week, and they may get back their one receiver that Rodgers is comfortable with. He's got to get the kids involved, and he's got to not get upset when they drop a ball, as he got very upset when Watson dropped a touchdown pass, which was wide open. Um, he's going to have to bring these receivers along. 
He's got two veteran backs to use, and you can hit them out of the backfield. He did a lot to Dylan in week number uh, one. I think you'll see more of that. I think you see Dylan take a bigger role, too. But they have a habit of being real good in prime time. They have a habit of bouncing back in their division after an opening loss or a loss, and they have a habit of really responding. So beware of the Packers on Sunday night. Monday, Tennessee lost the game that they have to be kicking themselves about. I mean, they did give up the big plays to Barkley in the second half. They then moved the ball down the field and looked like they had the winning field goal. They missed it from 47 yards. Okay. That's not on anybody. The offense did what it had to do. They got the ball down into reasonable field goal range and then missed the field goal. But they were up 13-0 in this game. They muffed a punt return, which was a big play. They, on third and short, did not run conventional offense on two different occasions. You have the best power back in the league. In the league. Why would you not just line up in a power formation and give him the football? Who's going to stop him? He's going to make nine out of ten of these. I mean, I just don't get it. They go away from him and give the ball to the tight end one time. They give uh, him the ball out of the wild cap, which he's not as comfortable in as he is in his regular set. I just think line him up and give him the ball. And almost every time you're going to make it one yard. I mean, with that back. And then Minnesota, which was very impressive. Obviously, Jefferson has become the darling of uh, fantasy owners everywhere. He is going to have an unstoppable season unless he gets injured. Philly put up a lot of points in week one against the Lions, but they gave up a lot of points, more than you would have expected. And it cost them an easy cover. They were four-point favorites. They won by three because they gave up a late touchdown. They gave up a couple of late touchdowns, as a matter of fact. Uh, should be a shootout in game number two as both teams are 1-0, and that should be it. So you have two games on Monday night, two good ones. Tennessee at Buffalo, and you know Henry has always done well against the Bills, and Tennessee has been a great team as a big underdog. The Bills look great, I'll be the first to admit it, but remember, Tennessee has played well against the Bills, They Henry's played well against the Bills, and they have always been a very good big underdog under Vrabel. So take that into account. And Minnesota and Philly should be an interesting game in the other Monday night game. As we said, a lot of pressure on coaches after week one. Salah here in New York, Rule, Carolina, uh, McCarthy with Dallas, and he's not going to get that turned around. I, I, you know, there's just nothing they can do right now. You know, Dak might not be out as long as they hope, but that offensive line is done, and that was the strength, the core strength of that team was they for years had the best offensive line in the sport. There's nothing left except Zach Martin on that line. And it is a nightmare right now. And if your offensive line is a big problem, as it was for a lot of teams in week one, like the Jets, their offensive line, which we thought was much better, we knew Brown was out, and that was going to hurt him at left tackle. But it was other places where they fell apart on a line that they thought was going to be vastly improved. And Flacco was under duress. He's staying at quarterback right now. But the Jets made a ton of mistakes. They fumbled the ball. They dropped balls. 
They did move the ball. Wilson showed some signs at wide receiver. Uh, both Hall and Carter, you know Carter's good. Uh, Hall showed you that he can run and catch out of the backfield, but he's just got to hold on to the ball. He did rookie things. Rookies have to hold on to the ball. They can't miss their blitz pickups, and they need to hold on to the football. Otherwise, they go to the bench. And these guys, they have talent. Like, look at Etienne. Etienne, when he touched the ball, was highly productive. The problem is he drops it, he fumbles it, and when he doesn't, he's running all over the place. He had a handful of carries. He got almost 50 yards. He had a bunch of receptions. Fine. He dropped a wide-open walk-in touchdown, and he fumbled the ball. So you got to hold on to the football or they're going to go to the veteran back. That's just the way it is. Two ways to get yourself run to the bench as a rookie running back is miss a blitz pickup or, or fumble the ball. Those are the two things that cannot be tolerated. So a very interesting week number two, but let's be honest. The NFL is a great show. There's always a storyline everywhere, every week. And think of how many there are across the board in week number two. How interesting week number one was and how many storylines there are in week number two, which is why the NFL is the NFL. There's nothing like it. Back with your emails after this. Want to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at podcast at gmail.com. I'm Mike Francesa. This is our Football Friday podcast. Email time. You can send the emails to podcast at gmail.com. And remember, for all your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York, Bet Rivers in New Jersey, Play Sugar House in Connecticut. For all your wagering needs, they have everything you need. And if you're looking for uh, content, go to the Bet Rivers Network where the podcasts are exclusive there and you can get them. There's exclusive content there, but you can also get the podcast wherever podcasts are distributed. All right, let's get to the emails here uh, off a week number one as we get ready for week number two, which began last night with Kansas City's win over the Chargers. Pat emails, after watching Dable rip into Daniel Jones, uh, after he telegraphed the pass, no question, on the wheel route, envious of the idea that the Giants now have a coach. I don't feel the same for the Jets. I have made this point throughout this NFL preseason. The things that concern me about the Jets are the quarterback position and the coaching staff. The coaching staff has never shown me they have a grip on the team. They seem very immature as a staff. The one thing I noticed early, and I don't know Dable very well. I know he was here for a couple of years on the Mangini. I probably met him, but I don't remember him that well. Um, They... First, Dable put together a very good coaching staff. That was evident, and it's not easy to do. It's very hard to do. He was prepared for that. As a veteran assistant, he was prepared for when the call came, and he put together a very good staff. Number two, he is completely in control. You can see that they know where they're going. The sideline, there's no chaos. There's no confusion. They know how they want to play. They know how they want to teach. They know how they want to communicate. And it does show. And he looks like he's ready to be a head coach. And you never know if assistants are going to look that way. And Dable looks the part. 
He's 47 years old, so he's not in his mid-30s. He has been around the block. He waited his time, and he looks like he is ready to be a head coach. There was not one inkling or iota of confusion in anything, not decision-making, not communications, not substitutions, nothing with the Giants. They looked like a crisp machine, and that's on Dable. So I agree with everything you said about that. Miguel, I was really disappointed with the opening day loss the Lions had. Could the Lions be a team to get out and get Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G? Um, I doubt that. Uh, listen, the Lions got a lot of attention because of hard knocks. Also, Dan Campbell has kind of got this John Wayne deal going, and people like it. It's likable, there's no question, but they got to be better. They got to be better. The Lions keep inventing ways to lose games. Let's be honest, in the Philly game, they were just blown out off. Uh, Their defense could not handle the Philly offense. Philly opened up a big lead, and the Lions didn't quit. They'll never quit. And they came back and got the backdoor cover. So that's what you got out of the Lions, which you've gotten plenty of times, a backdoor cover but not a win. And that's what you got in week number one. I still think the Lions have a ways to go. Their defense does not look very good. Uh, Mike... uh, we missed you at Barre this year. Well, I miss Barre. I, I always loved Barre. That was always a fun thing. It, it, it was every year. The turnout was always amazing. I always liked my trip down there uh, every season. So you're right. I miss you guys at Barre too. If Woody Johnson gave Sean Payton the keys to the castle with total control, uh, do you think Payton would choose the Jets over Dallas? No, I don't. Number one, Woody's not going to give anybody total control of the franchise. Okay? It's not going to happen. All right. I told you last week I've heard some rumblings about the Jets maybe being in play in the future. Um, that came to me through some of my, uh, you know, business people that I deal with through the horse racing end of uh, my stuff from some guys who are, you know, deal in that business world, you know. Uh, guys who deal with the kind of people like Woody Johnson. These guys are big businessmen. And they just mentioned to me, hey, I've been hearing rumblings about the Jets. And I said, hey, I have no idea. I I mentioned it. It's always going to get news when you hear it. Listen, I don't know what the Johnsons want to do with the team. If they sell it, they're going to make a bundle. They bought it, I believe, for $690 million. So they're going to make a fortune on their investment but also keeping it is also good business. But again, they have so much money. Who knows what they want to do? They are just not the type of owners that know how to put a winner on the field. And you need that. They just don't know how to do it. But I don't think Sean will come here. I will be very, very surprised if Sean is not out one year and then the Dallas coach the next year. I think the Cowboys have coveted him. I think he has coveted the Cowboys. It just has been hard to do because of the success he had in New Orleans. They didn't want him to leave. Brendan uh, writes, you've always said a team should put points on the board as early as possible in a game. Was that something you learned uh, from Coach Barcells or is that your own personal preference? My own personal preference. Uh, It was something that I have always been adamant about. I will never, ever go on fourth down and short at 0-0. I will always kick the chip shot field goal to start the game. 
I want the zero off the board as quickly as possible. The first opportunity I have in a game, I want the zero off the board. That has always been my belief. I have never wavered in that. It's not something I picked up from any coach. It's something that I have always felt myself. And I think a lot of times when you pass on it and you get stopped, that zero stays up there a lot longer than you want. I have always believed in wiping that zero out. So on the first drive, I don't ever go on fourth down. I take the field goal, no matter where it is. I don't care if it's on the two-foot line. I'm taking the field goal. I want the zero off the board. That's just my personal way of coaching that I've always been a believer in. Uh, Anthony emails, uh, I'm a longtime Viking fan. The Vikings traded Diggs to the Bills uh, with the pick. They got Jefferson. Can you think of a trade that worked out as good for both teams? No, it worked out great. Let's be honest. They're two of the top handful of receivers in the league. They are both incredibly productive. Diggs went to play with a quarterback who was going to fit him very, very well. It also was going to make the Buffalo offense and make Allen, and it has. Uh, And Jefferson has become an absolute stud. His first game was unbelievable, nine for 184 and two touchdowns. You're going to get big years out of Cup, big years out of Jefferson, big years out of Chase, big years out of Diggs. That's going to happen. You know those guys week in and week out are going to be there. A lot of people are on the Kirk uh, Cousins bandwagon, myself included. Could this finally be his in the Viking year? I have to see it. Cousins has always been a guy who's put up numbers. He has never been a guy who has come through in the big spot. I have to see it myself to believe it, okay? I just am not a big believer of his. Shane says, with all the talk about Lawrence and Fields and Wilson, etc., David Mills drafted in the third round has quietly put together a solid start to his career. Have you seen enough to think he may actually be a real starter in the league? Eh, He might be. You know, we don't watch Houston all that much, but they have had their moments. I thought the interim coach last year did a wonderful job to win four games. He really did. Now, um, because I took them as an under last year, I was lucky enough to win it four and a half. It was a little tighter than you wanted. Uh, They did win four games. Uh, and they played competitively. I think he's shown some, you know, ability at the position. Um, I do not, I'm not down on Lawrence. I thought Lawrence did a great job getting through what was a disastrous year last year with the whole thing with Urban Meyer. He never complained. He played every snap. He made every dance. He also led the league in uh, drops. He had 41 drops. 41 drops. That's a lot. Can you imagine Brady or Rogers sitting through 41 drops? I mean, those guys would be all out of the league who would play in wide receiver for them. I mean, so uh, I think Lawrence is going to be fine. And I think Jaguars are going to be a little more dangerous this year. Paulie, I know he has been banged up, but the Giants' uh, uh, Galladay signing has been a disaster. Sure has. Um, Is it salvageable? I would say it's never going to be what it was supposed to be under any circumstances. You might get some production out of him, but I don't think it's ever going to be anything special. I really don't. So I don't think it's always going to be uh, any big deal. Any reaction to the NFL putting games on Amazon? Hey, the NFL wants to bring as many carriers into the dance as they can, and they want the ones with the deepest pocket. You saw Roger Goodell last night sitting with the richest man in America 
in Bezos. Okay, it's Bezos, Musk, and Buffett, depending on the week, as to who's the richest guy, depending on how their portfolios are doing. Uh, but Amazon is a real player. Apple will be a player in the future. That will Those players will be bigger players than even the networks. The networks will always be players. Who knows? Apple and Amazon could wind up owning networks. Very, very easily could wind up owning networks. Um, I don't care where they put the games. I don't care what platform they put the game on. I will watch it. Okay? Al Michaels will try to work somewhere until he's, you know, 150. I thought Herb Street, who I like personally, was a little nervous last night. It was Al. If you weren't watching, it was Al and Herb Street who were the team. Al got paid a lot of money to go to Amazon. Al's always out to make a buck, but God bless him. I don't have any problem with that. He's going to go, to go where he's going to get paid. Um, here's my problem with Amazon last night. The picture stunk. If you're going to put the game on Prime, and I've watched Yankee games on Prime this year, okay? And Prime does a very good job with their presentation. I can tell you right now, of all those outfits, I watch Prime more than anybody else. I watch Prime more than Netflix. I watch Prime more than any of those. I can tell you right now. Of all of them, I, I have all of them. I have Hulu. I have every one of them. And I watch Prime more than any of the others. But if you're going to give me NFL, and I don't care what you give me in the pregame, how about Fitz's shirt last night? You see Fitz's shirt? <laughs> and look, we got to get Fitz on, Mons. I, I, we got to get Fitz on. You, you know, I was thinking that last night. I love Fitz. Fitz was one of my favorite players he used to love to come on the show during the Mike and the Mayor Dog reunion in uh, when we had the reunion uh, a couple of years ago. He was sitting in the audience and he stayed in the seat behind my sons the entire show and never moved. And he was there when the show was over. He came and sat there. We didn't even know he was coming. And he sat there and watched the entire show. He was always a big Mike and the Mad Dog guy. And you know what? He's a very bright guy, as you know. He's a f- different guy. As you saw last night with the beard and the shirt, he's a character. He really is. Uh, so uh, he'll be an interesting addition. I don't care. They spent a lot of money for their announcers. They spent a lot of money on this product. They're going to do very well with the NFL. Give me a picture that is quality NFL. Don't give me this fuzzy, grainy picture of the game. It drives me crazy. I'm not going to watch it if you do that. And it was awful last night. I don't know if it was the same for you. Maybe there was something in the transmission I was getting into our system. I don't know. But the bottom line is the picture stunk for the game last night. And it was driving me crazy. Send your emails to podcast at gmail.com. Remember, we will be there Sunday with a wrap-up show after all the 4 o'clock games are done. Every Sunday, we will put a podcast up Sunday night, right after. It should be up by 8.30 every Sunday night. A full breakdown of what just happened. Jets, Giants, of course, in-depth, and then a whip-through of the rest of the league. Uh, Every Sunday, we're going to do that. And your Football Friday podcast will be there every Friday. It should be up by noon each week at Bennett Rivers Network or wherever you get your uh, podcasts. 
Enjoy week two. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.